Okay. This is the Visceralist Podcast. This is episode 86 on um, 1986. What do we have going on then? Uh, that's when... Was Iran Contra going on with that at that point? I got to tell you, as a kid, learning about Iran Contra, the only thing I could put it with was the Contra video game, of course. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was like, it's, I don't think that's why they called it Contra. Like the Contras were rebels in Nicaragua. Yes, and they had been known, like they were known about, like throughout. Most of the eighties. Yeah, you know that's a uh, interesting. I don't know where they came up with that game, the name for that game. It's just Contra, right? It's nothing longer, like no it's subtitles, Contra. like Contra: The Quest for. It's not or Contra colon Reagan did it. <laughs> Guilty. It's nothing like that. It, I don't know. It mm, probably mm, originally mm, had mm. a Japanese name, and maybe it was you know a loose translation. Maybe, maybe. Okay, that uh, that might make sense. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, things that might make sense, uh, let's get into our beloved segment, trifling in NYC, to discuss some things that probably don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things I, not making sense. I, I have the note that I have for one of the trifling, and I really, I know I've mentioned this a lot, but I really got to get better at these notes because. The note I wrote down as a trifling that I'm now trying to bust up all my brain cells to, de- to decode is, uh, <laughs> quote, olive oil, <laughs> olive oil pulling on my headset when her boyfriend was out for a smoke. Now, I think that's a reference to olive oil, the, the Popeye character. Right. And you would just nickname somebody that? She may have looked like like an olive oil type. And pulled my headset out. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, this was that Max Fish. Someone just reached out yeah. and touched you like that? <laughs> she reached out and touched someone. Dang. And that someone was me. Uh, yeah, she wanted to talk, and I was listening to music, cause, like I do sometimes over there. And she just like... Or this might have been at Iggy's, actually. I'm, I'm picturing something with a red interior, but... Yeah, she just like sort of yanked my, like one of my headsets, like earbud headsets, out of my ear, and it was like, "Hey," just to like start talking to me. She didn't like tap like, tap you on the shoulder first or anything. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, she was probably drunk. Her boyfriend was probably drunk. I and yeah, he went out for a smoke and. Uh, she's t- she, she saw she, this she, attractive I, man standing next to her. She's like, I got. No, it wasn't I even like that. It was, just, it was just something weird. It was like, it might have been like pulling. Like, what are you listening to? <laughs> oh, okay, Which, I could see that. Well, you, yes. Well, you, so you had both on inside a bar. Well, I was listening. Like you know, I do this. You know what I'd be doing out here? I do this. <laughs> I listen to news. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm just by myself. I'm like, if I go to bars to watch the game sometimes. I don't like have a TV at home. So, right. Um, so yeah, I'll just like listen to music, mind my own business. All right. No, I've seen plenty of people doing that these days. It's yeah. very, it's pretty common. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, she was just really drunk. Well, and... Did she have anything good to say? 
No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just annoying me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think, I think like, um, her, her boyfriend came back. I think she turned to him to try to get like rope him in the conversation. It wasn't even a conversation. Like he came back pretty quick and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. So I think in the time it took when she turned around, like I just got up and left and see, this is the value of paying cash at bars <laughs> instead of, instead of starting a tab, which I, I've mm-hmm. gotten more into just cause then I could just situations just like this. I can just bounce on them. So she turned her back. And you turned, no muss, no fuss. You turned your back, walked out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, there was a mutual back turning in opposite directions at the same time, but there was one more back turn towards where I was, and all she saw was the, the cloud of dust. <laughs> so watch my back and watch my dust. So watch the dust. Uh, anyway, I understand you had watch the uh, dust. An interesting situation with game watching uh, at a at a bar recently is that this is true. That right? This is true. So yesterday, um, uh, I went out to watch the second the second games, the three thirty games. They weren't they weren't really that interesting. I just wanted to get something to eat, so I figured while I was eating, I might as well be entertained college, college some football, college right? with some college football, right? Right. So. Um, <clears throat> So I go to this place that I've actually never been before, but I've walked by it a couple of times. I'm like, oh, that looks like it could be a, a decent place to watch some games. So I decided to give it a shot and maybe try their food too. You know, all, mm-hmm. all in one, just a pure exploration of this place. Nice. Um, Is it in Brooklyn? Yeah. Okay. Not not too far from me. So, you know, I haven't really, as you know, we've had this conversation. I haven't really found a place close to me within walking distance to watch the games. So this is... Right. Right. A good go-to place. Right. So I'm scouting some out. So this could be a uh, contender. We'll see. Okay. Um, uh, so I go, immediately I go to the bathroom, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. That's whoa, fine. Whoa. Single person. Um, okay. Wait, there's just one single, or one for men, one for women? Just two single-person restrooms. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're pretty clean. You would you would be uh, satisfied. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not easy to please. Um, and so they had maybe, let me count in my head, one, two, I think they had like four screens, maybe five. Um, they were all showing football. Some pretty terrible games were on. It didn't really matter. I was just, you know, again, just exploring. So I sat down, <laughs> <laughs> had a drink, um, and then I looked up. I was like, oh, Wisconsin was playing, which is of some, like, mild interest. And it was a close game, so it made it a little more interesting because they were playing – I think they were playing Purdue. Right. Purdue was on – oh, here's – yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a seven-point game because um, I had to write that down in the notes. It was all part of it, right? <laughs> so then <laughs> okay. um, whatever – so I, I look at the menu. There are menus sitting on the bar. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe I'll order some food. And they had some empanadas. I said, let me try the empanadas. So I, I say to the bartender, can I have two of two empanadas? And she said, oh, you got to order those from Kim. And see on the menu, it said, I don't even know what it was. It was some play on the name Kim, which was the name of, I guess, her stand. It was like Kim's Creations or Kim Kamazine or some, something like that. 
So this was like a like a little pop up spit like food service <clears throat> within the bar. That was yeah. So from it. at the end of the bar, where um where staff would enter, right? Mm-hmm. On the other side of that entrance, continuing. I guess like there's a bar, then there's a break, and then there's another little part right after the break. And that's where you would order from Kim. And then she had like a little situation set up there where she could make some stuff. Or I guess maybe she had them pre-made. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, that sounds similar to uh, the way 169 bar has it set up. Uh, the back is where the, the microwave is for the dumplings or whatever. Oh, Yes. Yeah, almost right. It's just like that. But you got to go back there to order it. And keep in mind, like, I could have. But I just said, oh, okay. And then I just sat there. And I'd already passed it once because it's on the way to the bathroom. What, the Kim's, Kim's space? Yeah. Kim's. Amazing. Kim's. <laughs> Kim amazing. So I was just being like a little lazy, I guess. And I. Even later, like I yeah, ended this up. This is this is your exploration technique. You're there yeah. when you're there to explore. Nah, I don't want to. Nah. I gotta I walk like, to I the gotta, end of the I bar. I gotta walk over there. No, no, then, no, no. You know what? I knew I was being trifling because then later on, before I left, I got up and walked and went to the bathroom and then walked back to my seat. And I was like, you know what? Damn! For all that, I could have just walked over and ordered. I could have ordered on my way to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "What's wrong with me?" <laughs> but <laughs> that was just... oh my oh, god! So I was trying imagine to if like the, the 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 people on like the, you know Magellan's cruise were like <laughs> explore, and they it's like they get on the ship in Spain, and it's someone's like stubs Magellan stubs his toe. <laughs> I'm getting on. He's like, "Oh fuck it, no, <laughs> no, I'm just gonna hang out on the ship." Just like take a nap and then go back home. Fuck it. Forget it, guys. This, this we're done. We don't need to do this. <laughs> we only who needs to explore anyway, right? So I was like, well, yeah. I'm not hungry anyway. I guess I'll I'll just eat later on. Like, convinced myself, I'll just grab something on the way home on the walk back. Yeah, to get some bag some bag of chips. Oh god, have like all these chemicals instead of some good Kim Kim cooked and Kim fed food. Yeah. What kind of food was it? It looked good. They had, she had empanadas, and then she had, like, it was, like, almost 10 varieties of empanada. And then on the bottom was just, like, standard appetizer fare, you know, like wings, some kind of quesadilla, mm-hmm. mozzarella sticks, chips and salsa, maybe, like, one other thing. Well, I mean, the empanadas sound okay but the rest i mean it does sound kind of basic like maybe right that's maybe not really worth it right but uh, so after that after i decided to be lazy and sit there some Mm -hmm. other some other guys came in and they were talking to the bartender and they asked her to change the tv um i didn't know this i just saw her changing it all of a sudden and looking at them and they're like oh yeah right there and so they went from the wisconsin purdue game wisconsin was up seven I think mm-hmm. it was a seven point game and Wisconsin was supposed to be blowing out Purdue. Um, so right. like, oh, this is a close game. And it got changed. It got changed to a Phoenix Suns, Minnesota Timberwolves <laughs> NBA game. Second quarter. Second. <laughs> what? Yeah. And she wait, they requested that game. I, I guess so. And so then I was, 
I was, I was so confused. Ugh. And then I'm like staring down the bar, and these, these two fuckers weren't even watching the game for like <laughs> after they asked her to change it. It's like, look at this shit. And then- <laughs> I mean, yeah, that has to be the least interesting game in like maybe the whole weekend. Including Friday of all the basketball yeah, games. I mean, I I was so confused. I was like, "Is that the Knicks?" No, it wasn't even like it wasn't the Knicks. It wasn't yeah. the Nets. Like, what an odd game to request. And why why was it on at like four p.m.? I don't know either. And if it was a damn replay, oh, I'm not even gonna look to see if it was. Oh, just I am a gonna look. I am gonna look to see if it was a replay from Friday night. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't let that don't even, be the case. I don't even think the NBA played on Saturday afternoon. I'm pretty sure they don't, which is why I'm checking. <laughs> go on with the story. So she didn't. So that happened, and she didn't ask. Usually in a bar, they'll they'll see if somebody's watching the, the game, watching that screen before they change it. Like you've right. been there, I've been there. It's like, all right, let me see if anybody's watching this before I do anything. If you ask for a TV to be changed or they'll say, Oh, we can put it down on here because this guy's been here all day. He's watching this game, whatever. Right. You know? Yes. That's, that's common how, courtesy. That's how most of them work. Um, she did not, at least she didn't come down and ask anybody on my side. And I don't think she asked anybody that was closer to those guys. So then fine, that happened. I accepted it. And then I tried to watch that game because I got Devin Booker on my fantasy team. I was trying to see what he was doing. Uh, he was 12, 12 for 26, 35 points, 12 rebounds. Mm, see, look Nine at assists. Wow. Yeah, good. He is, he's been rock solid this year. Um, it was yesterday. Okay. So at least it was a live game. Right. And then, and then they changed it again. That same TV? So changed that. Yeah, the same TV. Again, she, well, I guess this time she doesn't feel like she needs to ask anybody because it's just these two guys asking. I guess they got tired of that game. I don't know. And it goes to Georgia. It looks like it was pretty, clo- it was pretty close, too. Yeah. But so Final score, 198 Phoenix 1. Oh, that sounds like it could have been a good game. Yeah. I mean, it's it like wasn't, it wasn't Towns that, went off. Yeah, it wasn't that bad of a game. So I wasn't like, I was more upset with... Um, the lack of etiquette. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes, that's not proper New York she, protocol. She needs some. She needs to go back to training. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> and then they changed it one more time. Right. To Georgia, Texas, Texas A and M, which was a blowout. Like it, there was no logic to the changing. How, that, like, that does that, seem. That game wasn't close at all, and that was in the third quarter, and it was already like a seventeen-point game. Huh. It was, it was very, it was very odd, and so I, I don't know if that that place may have, may have, she may have eliminated them from the running. All those guys, those customers. I, if that's the kind of customer that goes there, I can't deal with that. Those people. Oh, I see. So that that the willy-nilly channel changing. Is I mean, hey, I'm with you. That that would reflect poorly in in my book too. Is if if it's supposed to be a go to bar, yeah. But I guess at the same time, if they're that just you know customer friendly to any request you make, I could be like, just change every TV to Ohio State, please. And she might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if you go in early, they can. They can even DVR the Ohio State game and just play it again after it's done. 
just have also it on every TV. Have it looping all day. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a great game. That was a, that was a good Penn State, but we would, we definitely dominated the whole game. Oh yeah. Uh, but let me let me ask you this because I'm trying to picture like the try to picture how this is all laid out. So the the, the TV with the Wisconsin game was close enough for you to see, but it sounds like those guys were actually closer and maybe yeah so the tv with the wisconsin game was down by by kamazing so what wasn't there another you said there's four tvs wasn't there another one closer to you yeah there was there were several there were like two closer to me so you could have just watched the wisconsin game on any of those i could have i could have probably i could have asked her to change it and then hmm. she mostly i feel like that was maybe that laziness your that your explorative <laughs> spirit no 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 coming into no, play no, no. there I'll, again I'll like not asking her to change I'll it i'll tell you what it was i was trying <laughs> more stub your toe again <laughs> no magellan <laughs> i was being an observer and just just trying to see how it operates trying not to interact uh, just collect information I'm trying not to influence anything. Oh, just observe and report. Yeah, I'm just like, hmm, okay, all right, all right. Yes, but I think if we think back to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, we would remind ourselves that uh, you, it is impossible to observe oh, without actually disturbing uh, <laughs> just my system at work. Just mere presence there. Mm-hmm. I believe so. <sighs> this is true. So I, I don't know. I'm, I might <laughs> give it another shot at some point i mean it sounds yeah like uh well you know recently i was at um i was just out hanging uh at a, that, at a local wait, bar that? is that your heat what is it a high pitch high pitch. high pitch thing yeah. you can hear that yeah yeah that's i mean long time listeners will remember that during the winter yeah that i have this pipe in my bedroom that is it you can still hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear and, you. And my wisdom, you can hear that too? Yep, all of it. Okay, good. So, <laughs> I mean, I was at a bar trying to watch a basketball game that I think was only on NBA TV. Uh, this is in the last week or so. And the the bar, like, they get that channel normally, but for some reason it wasn't working. Ah. Then, like, it was just blank. So, you know, it could be worse. Um uh but yeah like uh so so i guess i say that to to mean uh four working tvs pretty good changeability good maybe a little bit too willy-nilly but i think you know as with um you know when reputable newspapers do a review of a restaurant i believe the restaurant reviewer will go multiple times i think at least three times three separate times before they write the review just in case there's an off night that's really what they do three times I have heard that that's what they do, yeah. Damn. Yeah, there's also, like, I think they try to, like, like, you won't see photos, or you'll have to track down photos of prominent restaurant reviewers. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, they don't want to be recognized when they're at a restaurant. But I think, you know, you know, these days, you know, it's going to get out. If there's any image of them anywhere, it'll be online and available. Yeah, I don't know who uh, who any are. The only the last one I remember was Platt. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah, I couldn't name any. Uh, Frank Brunei used to be one. Uh, oh, anyway. yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete Wells, I think. 
was Pete Wells behind the infamous Peter Luger one recently? I think so. That was him. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I think it was. I'm not sure. I shouldn't grow it up. But um, anyway, that's 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 a good one. Uh, I'd I'd say give it another chance. I'll go back. I'll give it. I'm not. You know, haven't given up on them. I th- I'll go back. Maybe like. Mm, I don't know what a good day. I don't really like to deal with the NFL crowd, so I definitely won't go on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, maybe like, uh, you know, ESPN has a couple games on Wednesdays, I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe something like that. The NBA. Not bad. Um, well, anyway, let's let's move into main events. Um, we teased uh, last week. Uh do a conspiracy segment classic visceralist conspiracy segment uh this time on a conspiracy relating to the sinking of the uh titanic in 1912 uh off the coast of what is it 400 miles south of newfoundland some newfoundland is what the, the is always the um the rms titanic uh, so let me. This is just the intro to the um, the Wikipedia page. Uh, it's a RMS Titanic. Was a British passenger liner that sank in the North Atlantic Ocean in 1912 after striking an iceberg during her maiden voyage from Southampton to New York City. Of the estimated 2,224 passengers and crew aboard, more than 1,500 died, uh, making this sinking one of modern history's deadliest peacetime commercial marine disasters. Um, the Titanic was, are you still there? Yep. Hello. Okay. You can hear yep. me. Yeah. There was just a, a little hiccup there. Okay. I think we're still good. <laughs> Sound effects still work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the RMS Titanic was the largest ship afloat. At the time she entered service and was the second of three Olympic-class ocean liners operated by the White Star Line. Uh, she was built at the um, she was built at the Harland and Wolf Shipyard in Belfast. Uh, Thomas Andrews, chief naval architect of the shipyard at the time, died in the disaster. Oh, yeah. Um, so as, uh, you've, you've, we've all know, you know, everyone knows the, uh, official story of the downing of the Titanic. Yes. You, you've seen the film, I imagine. I actually have never seen the entire one. I've seen, I've seen, uh, bits and pieces, but never watched it start to finish. Um, well, what are your thoughts on that? What, wait, wait, you haven't seen it all the way through? No. Never. Uh, yeah, actually, I haven't either. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I remember watching it. Like my sister was visiting, and we went to her hotel room to like pick her up. Um, and I think she had it on the TV, and it had just started. And she's like, "Well, let's let's watch let's watch a little bit of this." 
And I think we wound up watching the whole thing on TV, <laughs> which meant it was like five Wait, hours. Wait, commercials? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I think it was like on TNT or oh, something. Oh, man. This is a few years ago. Um, so I don't, I mean, it's, Wait, you that know. Was, it, that was weird. Maybe something happened. Mine, what? I, I just noticed out the corner of my eye, it just said Flash like reconnected on top. Yeah, yeah, it's been doing that on and off. I think we're still good. Okay. It's still recording, so I think I'll let you know if there's anything serious. Um, but yeah, so the accepted version of the sinking is that it struck an iceberg, leaving a hole in her starboard side. Uh, that is the right side. Right. Of the ship. I now know that. Uh, I didn't know that before. <laughs> starboard is right. Port is yep. left. As if we're going forward, if we're thinking about how it's going forward. Um, uh, left a hole in the starboard side long enough to flood her front compartments to above the waterline. Uh, the ship then sank. Um, so there's a number of, uh, as, as we were researching this, uh, you know, we came across a number of different conspiracy theories. There's one that's the most detailed, has the most detailed theorizing around it. Um, and that's, God, why does it keep doing that? That is the, um, the one tied to the, its sister ship, the Olympic. Um, but there's there's other theories that one involves that it didn't hit an iceberg, but it hit some sort of pack ice. Yeah, I'm I not entirely that. clear on the distinction between what those two things it's are. Confusing. Uh, some yeah. people, yeah, think like the 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 most the most out there one. Even though our the one we're going to talk about is pretty out there. Um, the most out there one, in my opinion, is that uh, it was purposely sunk by J.P. Morgan, who owned. J.P. Morgan owned the company that owned the White Star Line. The White Star Line is the company that owned the Titanic and a few other ships uh, that went back and forth through the North Atlantic. Uh, but he 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 sunk. He had it sunk in order to lead to the death of a couple, also very wealthy people: uh, John Jacob Astor IV, Benjamin Guggenheim, and Isidore Strauss, um, who were opposed the, to the creation of a central bank. bank. Um, and I believe those three did die. Uh, did they die? Yeah. Um, that one uh, just seems a, a little bit too out there for me. A bit too much. And like not really. Mr. Glass style. <laughs> yeah. And not even particularly that interesting, especially compared to the Olympic yeah. one that we're going to get into. Um, and then. Let's see. Titanic conspiracy theories um what was the other one closed watertight doors um yeah this one i i didn't even i couldn't i read this and i wasn't even sure how this wouldn't was supposed I to read like the first sentence i was like Ugh. i was like this is no i'm not <laughs> not doing this <laughs> yeah that one and also the and this is just from the there's a wikipedia page so people couldn't read this that's from it's a wikipedia page that's specifically just about the uh, theories around the sink, alternate theories around the sinking of the ship. So you can check it out. There's one called the expansion joint, expansion joints theory, which again, I didn't read past the title. Yeah. Um, seem extra boring. There's one <laughs> that's about a fu- fire going on in the coal bunker, which that's, that one was referenced in the Olympic theory that we're going to get into. But I, again, still really confusing because apparently <laughs> There's various coal bunkers in the Titanic, which makes sense. You know, it's a coal-powered ship. 
they have to store tons of coal. But apparently there's a fire that started in one of them 10 days before the ship... Um, yeah, they just had it smoldering ship for 10 days for some reason. Yeah, and this this is actually in the official record. Like, th- this was well known. I guess it's not a big deal to have, like... Like, it... it it uh, a coal fire that occurred to this is just where they store the coal there is like um a coal fire that started from probably from spontaneous combustion but they just let it burn and the theory is that this could have uh, reduced the structural integrity of the hull yeah um which i guess could have made it you know a collision with an iceberg slightly more damaging again i, st- I still don't know this one so we're going to stick with the juicy one um that that seems somewhat plausible. This is the Olympic exchange theory. Um, do you want to give just a brief outline of what, just in like a, you know two or three sentences, like what what this theory is? Basic theory is that so they are nearly identical ships. Um, small differences between the Olympic and <clears throat> excuse me and the Titanic. The Titanic is slightly larger. Um, it's newer. But basically, the Olympic had some problems. It was a damaged ship. They had lost their insurance claims. Um, the basic idea is that it was swapped. The Titanic turned into the Olympic. Olympic turned into the Titanic. So it was actually the Olympic that sank to the bottom of the North Atlantic Ocean and not the actual Titanic. And they were able to uh, claim their $12 million, get paid $12 million for the sinking of this ship. It was a planned sinking. Everyone was supposed to get off the boat and survive. They did not. It didn't go 100% according to their plan. But um, right. it went mostly planned. Um, yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, should also cite uh, our main source for this is the Wikipedia page, but also a documentary oh. that's on YouTube. Anyone could check out. That magical... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Excellent documentary. If you want to search for it, just search for the best. It's called the Best Titanic Conspiracy Documentary, twenty twelve. It was actually it was very um, informative. I mean, it was the reenactments were terrible, but that guy's <laughs> fake mustache there were, was so awful. That <laughs> there, were, there were several reenactments with key characters of key parts of the conspiracy. Which, I mean, look, this, this documentary comes down hard on one side, and it's and it's that this did happen. Um, and there are reenactments, and also the host, because it's what did you? How did you describe it? What show did America's you compare? Most to? wanted. <laughs> Those reenactments were so good. That's what it felt like, man. The host has. The host of this program has one of the most aggressive and interesting-looking jawlines oh, yeah. <laughs> um, of anybody I've ever seen in my life. So, I just want to say all that up front. Um, we'll we'll discuss our conclusions at the That's end. Good. It was very um, informative. Yeah. So basically, we just to take our listeners through the story bit by bit. There's a few key port, ports here. Uh, I jotted down some notes. So yeah, as as you said, the the, the uh, there's two ships, the Olympic and the Titanic, uh, that were both built by the White Star Line or commissioned to be built. They were both built <clears throat> in a shipyard uh, next to each other, like sort of side by side. Over the course of a, a few years, the Olympic was finished first, and the Titan. The plan was for the Titanic to be done shortly thereafter. And uh, they were both noted for being the biggest ships in the world at the time. There were passenger lines. 
uh, going back and forth between uh, England, you know, Europe and, and uh, the U.S. Obviously, there's a lot of immigration going on at the time. Um, these ships had, you know, various classes of, of um, cabins and compartments, you know, as, as indicated, like Titanic's pretty accurate in its depiction of, you know, the, uh, uh, the social strata, I guess, uh, that would, would have all been packed in on the Titanic and where they're allowed to go, where they're not supposed to go based on class. Um, and so the Olympic uh, was set to sea first and had, you know, several, several successful normal voyages uh, the captain of these voyages was the same captain of the the fateful uh, Titanic voyage. Uh, who is this guy? Is it Smith? Last name is Smith. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me let me get his his first his real name. Where'd it go? Uh, it just says the guy with the beard again. Where is it? Yeah, this should be up <laughs> higher up. Uh, just entertain yourselves, listeners. Um, <laughs> okay, well, you look for it. So it's Captain Smith, who's who'd been employed um, by the White Star Line for a number of years. Uh, and oh, there Edward it Smith. Is. There yeah, it is. we've got it at the same time. Um, and he was 62 years old at the at the time the Titanic sank. Um, he uh, he wasn't doing too great as a captain uh, of the Olympic. I'll tell you that wasn't doing <laughs> too great. Yeah, so let's let's just get into that. He he in the last in the year or two before like the first couple of years of that the Olympic was he was at the helm of it. Um, he got into a few accidents. He was noted for uh, running the ship at this top speed, I, I believe. Um, he got into an accident with uh, some tu- where some tugboats were attached to it, and they got turned around, and I think some of them were damaged. Um, the, the most uh, the most damaging incident involved um, a British Navy ship called the Hawk. This was a damaging incident where, whereby basically the Hawk and the Olympic uh, were both re- sort of we were returning to England. They were relatively close to England. Um, they collided with the Hawk as a warship having like uh, basically underneath the waterline and in the front of the ship effectively had like a battering ram um, that in combat it would use to, you know, to charge at a ship and, and causes a lot of damage under the, the sea line, uh, the water line. Um, it, it inadvertently hit the, the Olympic on the side doing like a lot of damage. And it was unclear. Well, it, it, it seems like the Hawk was probably at fault in that case. Um, the, the documentary presented it that Captain Smith was at fault in the other incidents. Is that right? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Like he was at fault for those, but then this one, most, I think it said independent reports stated that it was probably the uh, the Navy ship's fault. However, the Navy yeah. investigated and said it wasn't their fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, because it was an incident involving a Navy ship, the Navy had precedence in investigating the overall incident. 
they said, nope, not our fault. <laughs> it seems like the hawk may have been too, like just too close in general. And just based on the mass of the size of the Olympic, um, it was drawn towards it just through some sort of, I, I, we're, we're not fluid dynamics guys, experts right. here, uh, but uh, basically it drew it into it. But it seems like the hawk was maybe too close to begin with. Anyway. Yeah, now, and then he had one more where he jacked up the propeller. Yeah, yeah, that came later. But but sticking with the Hawk for for a moment, because the Navy decided officially that oh, the Navy right, was right. not at fault and the Olympic was, the Olympic could not collect on the insurance um, from Lloyd's of London. Um, or sorry, the White Star could not collect on the insurance of, of this incident because it was deemed to be at fault. Um, and apparently the damage on this was pretty catastrophic. Um they were able to get to like a nearby port to patch it up before then sailing to uh, the main port uh, shipyard in Belfast uh, in Northern Ireland. Um, and where the, the final um, repairs were going to be made. And apparently even between Southampton and Belfast, like the repair, the short-term repairs um, buckled uh, during that. And yeah, the, this, the ship was, was, the keel, like the hull was broken or the keel was broken. Like it was basically, they said you would have to take in order to fix it properly. You'd have to cut the whole ship in half, spread it apart, get in there and rejigger stuff and then put it back together all on your own dime, the white star lines own dime. And it would have cost more. Like, I think they said more than it, would cost to just scrap it and right it wasn't worth it ship. and those those pictures of the damage that was severe like yeah yeah and they you know they patched it up as best they could um and yeah this was was like the white star line had had made a huge investment in what was supposed to be three ships they were called olympic class ships and there was the olympic the titanic and then uh, i think after that the britannic which which wasn't built yet um but the titanic and the titanic was nearing completion at this time so the olympic was was sort of hobbled back to uh to belfast and was docked in the shipyard right next to the titanic which is is all normal practice up until now Mm -hmm. um yeah and yeah you're right there was some further damage to the propeller on the olympic i think that may have been during this train i think period. yeah it was it was definitely after that i think they made some repairs and then they were in somewhere that was too shallow and it got it hit something and the whole yeah like the whole propeller they had to replace the whole thing like it was they that's when they yeah that's part of the later conspiracy that's, yeah. yeah and so yes because they they replaced that propeller with one that was already on the Titanic or, or one that was meant for the Titanic, which was common. Like the, the, the key thing that they harp on in all the stuff I read about this conspiracy is that the two ships were almost interchangeable in terms of design. Yes. That Um, was constantly reiterated. Yeah. It's specifically, so meaning that on the interior, the only, like the only, I like every, like the, the, the porcelainware, um, the signage, uh, what have you, was all stamped just White Star Line. There were very, there were a few things that were were stamped uh, or notable for that 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 said 
literally Olympic for Titanic, depending on which. And some stationary or something. It was menus, stationary. I believe the lifeboats had signage, uh, and then I think at one part of the like the side of the ship, um, they they stamped. They actually drilled in Titanic um, or riveted in like in big letters the the word titanic or and olympic i believe actually actually it was common practice to engrave it actually into the metal of the ship uh this and this will come up later but i think in the titanic's case they actually had letters that were bolted on uh like steel like big steel letters that were riveted on basically so uh, but everything else was sort of interchangeable there were a couple different um uh uh, what was the thing with the portholes? Like um, the number, I forget which had which. Yeah, one had fourteen, one had sixteen. I, I don't remember. Yeah, there's like on the certain deck there was uh, the number of portholes on. We'll say like the Titanic had fourteen portholes, portholes, and the Olympic had sixteen. And this is all well documented from photos that were taken in the shipyard while they were being constructed and prepared and repaired, etc. So this is a key key point. Um, so we have the injured Olympic, we have the still being built Titanic, uh, resources were, were actually, uh, labor and labor resources were actually diverted to the repair of the Olympic, uh, during this time, which, which not, not entirely, um, from the Titanic, but a lot from the Titanic, uh, which again was still being built and that, um, cause a delay for when the Titanic was supposed to launch the real Titanic. And I think we, we we're going to need to start coming up with, with a naming convention here. Cause it's going to, it will get a little confusing. <laughs> it's like, you remember in the documentary, the guy, the host had to be like, from this point on, when we say the Titanic, what we actually mean is the Olympic relabeled as the Titanic. That was a good impression. That was pretty good. Yeah. This guy, Man, his voice was weird. And, uh, yeah, the guy playing Ismay had a ridiculous fake mustache. That was fake mustache, right? Definitely. That uh, mustache looked like like a they took, like, a hand broom and cut off the bottom, like, inch of it, of the bristles, so and just put a bunch of rubber cement on one side of it and just slapped it on this guy's face. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That was that was that one sent me over the edge when he came on the screen with that mustache. <laughs> like this, this can't be serious. I'm gonna try to get a screen cap of that guy for the for the image for this podcast. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Um, so in any case, uh, this is when the basically the the conspiracy was was devised because. The heads of the White Star Line. Uh, there's this Bruce Ismay guy who is who's singled out uh, throughout these stories, and uh, who's this? There are a couple other uh, other people who are basically running the White Star Line. They were basically told that they're discussing that due to the damage to the Olympic, they there was a big risk of the entire company going out of business. Um, if they went through with all the repairs again, because they weren't able to collect on any insurance. Um, and 
this is again this is again told through a reenactment, but it's I guess it's based on I mean it is this part is based on speculation because they're talking about like a criminal conspiracy that <laughs> obviously there's no record of. It's it's basically a big insurance scam where they basically they decide, look, the Titanic, the real Titanic, is almost ready to go. Um and but it's you know, it's still a ways off. We're not. The, the, we're not going to be able to collect any money. We could go out of business just based on this. This um, the repairs for the Olympics. So essentially, they decided let's swap them out. Which the the work involved in in switching the Olympic to the Titanic, the Titanic to the Olympic, basically was just changing uh, the menus, the names on the lifeboats, a few things here and there, and then riveting literally the letters Titanic over where it said the Olympic on the old Olympic. The plan is then to put her out to sea on a maiden voyage, knowing that it'll likely sink or planning to have it sink. Now, look, these guys weren't monsters. Of course, <laughs> listeners are thinking, but what about the loss of all, you know, the 2,200 people aboard? Well, they had a plan for that as well. And this is where it gets really this, interesting. This is actually where I got confused. Yeah. And and I I did too upon initially hearing it because they don't really get into the detail, but I watched another documentary a while back that sort of puts it out more explicitly. So basically, there's another ship that the White Star Line owned uh, called the Californian. Yes. And the Californian was smaller than the Olympic Titanic, but still a pretty decent sized ship. Apparently, it was mostly built for transporting um, cotton, cotton product. And it was it was actually only able to hold uh, forty seven passengers and fifty five crewmen, but it was sent out to sea ten days before the tight quote quote Titanic launched, right? The famous launch of that caused the incident. And I guess from now on, yeah, we will be saying I, I don't know what we'll just what naming like convention that guy. Can, we'll say tit- I guess Titanic. We're just gonna we'll say, say the Titanic. quote Titanic. The quote Titanic. The, so just listeners, the quote Titanic will mean the boat that started its life as the Olympic and was swapped and made to look like the Titanic from now on, right? That's, I mean, we're going to, that's, we're going to have to pick something. So we'll just roll with that. I like so it. quote Titanic is actually the Olympic that is, has a fucked up interior and that's sort of patched up with rubber cement and, and brush bristles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. Getting back to the Californian, California. The if you believe, the, so it, and I'm going to be saying this as if the conspiracy is true. This next part, essentially, the California was sent out ahead to the uh, iceberg area. So this area where the quote Titanic hit the iceberg um, was actually an area with a bunch of ice. Most of it manageable, but you know this the famous iceberg was, was pretty big. Um, this conspiracy says that there was indeed a big iceberg that the Titanic hit. The Californian was sent ahead and was basically 10 days before and basically stopped in this icy area of the water, not too far from where the Titanic eventually hit the iceberg. And it just stopped there and stayed there. And it was captained by this uh, Stanley Lord, who was the captain of the Californian. And the cargo of the uh, Californian was roughly 3,000 sweaters. I think, or sweaters and blankets. 
Yeah, I do remember so that. Enough, no enough in theory. Right? Just, yes, no, yeah. zero passengers. I mean, it could only hold 47, but uh, zero passengers, but a full contingent of the crew. Um, and its mission was ostensibly just to transport uh, the this cargo of sweaters and blankets to the U.S. Uh, 3,000 sets of sweaters and blankets, coincidentally enough to uh, warm up, you know, roughly, it, it's covered not all the... You know, passengers, a crew of a, a you know Titanic-sized ship, should it go down? So yes, to be more explicit, basically this was sent. That this was the security plan, so that there would be no loss of life. We don't want to kill anybody. We just want the ship to sink, so we can collect the insurance on the quote Titanic. Right. Right. That was that was what I thought, but then okay, then I got confused. But yeah, yeah that so, was their overall plan. Decent plan. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, if you're in the game of like willingness to sink a ship, I mean, during this time, to put it into a bit of context, um, I read some in, in doing the research that, you know, there this the North Atlantic Sea passenger trade and and cargo trade was huge business. Like, right, uh, the they were competing British. Like the White Star Line had several competitors. The French and Germans also had lines that did the same thing. This wasn't during wartime, um, you know, so it was just big business people. Again, you know, we, we all know about the immigration to the U.S. during this time period uh, was was pretty heavy. Um, you know, accidents happened, but there were very few fatal like mass fatalities during this time. And that's because they had decent system of um, wireless communication through uh, there's, there's this Marconi system, which I believe is some form of Morse code uh, over wireless, as opposed to to like light lit, like flashing light Morse code. There was a wireless system that was available. Again, there are usually lots of ships around. So, and also these ships were designed so that if they did sink, they usually sank really slowly. Um, so that you know, distress call goes out. They can get there. They can. There's, you know, lifeboats, and so, um, they can, um, they can. Like the loss of life would would potentially be like like no loss of life if this plan went to work uh, properly. So that's the plan. So just to, to summarize, this is the this is the meat of the conspiracy. Send out the quote Titanic to the middle of this the mid Atlantic. Uh, sink it one way or the other there's theory that this coal fire was like a backup plan to sink it there's another theory that they there actually is a system for letting in seawater um into ships like these uh normal through normal course for various reasons cooling the engine um sometimes with warships they they have these they're called seacocks it's device like valve system designed to let in seawater warships have them so that they could scuttle a ship instead of um that was going to sink anyway um, instead of letting it fall into the hands of the enemy. So I think the plan was that the initial plan was like, okay, we get it out to the middle of the ocean, sink it slowly with the seacock opening. And then the Californians there after it gets the distress call or the fireworks go up and boom, comes through, saves the day. Quote, Titanic sinks. It's actually the Olympic. We get the money, insurance money for that, that we should have gotten from before. Right. And then the, the real Titanic, uh, finishes and it goes into service as the olympic fair enough that's the conspiracy should we take a break it was a good conspiracy yeah i mean it's it's an interesting one it definitely is very risky (laughs) right i mean intentionally (laughs) sinking yeah 
yeah, intentionally sinking like a, a damaged ship that's packed to the gills and is uh, like a very notable press event, like the launching of the Titanic. I mean, the, the, it's interesting because when you think about like the basic version you get as a kid of the Titanic, it's like, oh, is this huge deal? I mean, it right. was, but it but the like it was but the Olympic was roughly the same, and it it had been in service for a couple of years. So I mean, it wasn't unprecedented, really. I believe the Titanic was slightly bigger than the Olympic. Yeah, like that. You're right. That realization threw me off too. It was like when you're coming up, you think like this is like once in a lifetime. Oh, this is so amazing! This gigantic ship, ne- never seen anything like this on the earth. And then the Olympic has just been hanging out for years yeah. like, exactly the same size almost like, yeah what? same captain yeah man that was uh, that was i don't even know i was just floored yeah i had no idea so a couple things with the with the um with the uh these are just facts presented that by the documentary that i'll just read um uh, read off and then we'll get to the fireworks um, the fireworks is another key part. So basically, Stanley Lord again was the captain of the Californian. It was an empty ship with a cargo of woolen sweaters. Uh, it stayed uh, put in the North Atlantic. Uh, the so the, the Titanic set sail on the fourteenth, or no, sorry, uh, I, I, I'm blanking on when it set sail, but it's it was hit by the iceberg on the at the night of the fourteenth of April. 1912, and it sank on the 15th. Oh, so it sank overnight. Wait a second. Let me ask you one question. Sure. It's because it sounds like you understand the rescue plan better than I did. So that California was basically not to actually transport everybody because it physically couldn't fit everybody, but it was just to like keep them warm until like the main rescue, a non-planned rescue, uh-huh. like a non-conspiracy rescue vessel came. That's that's a good question. I I think actually. So yes, the number of pass like yeah. So if the if the California can only technically hold fifty forty seven passengers, what would the plan be for? I I think it was more that if you clear out everything, like you can have two thousand people on the ship. It's just not designed for that or rated for okay. that. So, but I, yeah, I think you're right. Like it would keep everyone yeah i think i think probably you're right at this part they were just gonna be like oh we just happen to be in the area we just happen to be in the area we have enough space for you we have our own lifeboats and we have all these blankets so we can keep you um warm but we'll have to signal for other boats which shouldn't be a problem we'll get everyone safe just going to be delayed um yeah you're right and famously the carpathia is the boat that did wind up hearing the distress calls and did, was able to come and, and um, I think rescue about 700 people uh, from the Titanic that were, that had made the lifeboats. Um, but yeah, so that, no, that's a, that's a really good question. Actually, I, I don't have an answer. I don't think it was presented in what we saw, but no, yeah. I don't that one. yeah. Um, so basically, but the key part is that Sam Samson apparently slept fully clothed near the bridge. Of the, the yeah, California, did. so did so did somebody else, right? There were two and of yeah, them. They said that did that, and I think someone did the same thing on the Titanic, like not not Smith, or maybe it was Captain Smith on the Titanic. Uh, yeah, it was it was Smith, and he he didn't go, and he slept like in the chart room or something. Yeah, he didn't, didn't even go to his quarters. Didn't, and this was well before the the iceberg was hit, 
So, but, but, you know, sleeping in like a, a near the bridge instead of your quarters, it's a little suspicious. The implication being that they knew it was going to sink. They had to be ready to, for action. So, um, and they said that they slept in their uniforms though. Right. So in any case, the iceberg did hit, um, the, uh, oh, uh, suspiciously, sorry, getting back to the, the pre-launch of the, of the quote, quote unquote Titanic. Um, did you catch the part of, uh, them saying that, so there were working, working men, I, I forget, like basically crewmen who worked the, um, the, uh, the coal, uh, ovens or what do you call them? The engines. Yes. So the in the working men who were on the docks in Belfast in the shipyard, a number of them sailed back with the quote Titanic to Southampton, but they wouldn't then get on the voyage. Like I think all but two of them refused to go oh. on the voyage from Southampton yeah. to the US. And the rumor there is that there was talk on the shipyard that actually, like, they knew it had been swapped. Um, and, the, yes, oh, this is a key part as well. Right. Sorry. So, natural, reasonable question is, who? how could you do the swap of all this stuff? Because you're, even if you're switching out, you, like, you have to switch out stuff. Like, you need people to do that. Basically, the documentary said that they, the White Star Line... Mm-hmm basically got a few guys who were less than reputable, paid them off, told them to keep their mouth shut. Uh, they put it in the larger context of um, class uh, interactions dur- during that time where lower class people were, were just sort of did as they were told. Um, they could be fired very easily and intimidated very easily. And so you just, he's like, you just need to hire maybe like a dozen guys, maybe two dozen, pay them off, tell them to keep quiet, and they'll do the swap swap out the Titanic stuff with the Olympic stuff and then go about their business. You could do the whole thing in a weekend and it's theorized that that that's that's what happened. But apparently there was still some talk about this because it's suspicious that um, the engine workers who went from, again, from Belfast to Southampton in the quote unquote Titanic, then refused to go across the, uh, the ocean even though there was a work shortage due to other various strikes that were going on in England at the time. So that's one piece of evidence that little suspicious. And again, there was a reenactment in this of like two guys talking about this in a bar and oh someone, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh man, wow. I just remembered that right now when you brought it up, I had completely blocked that. That was <laughs> This is this is a top tier reenactment because the guys basically it's two dock workers just huddling to themselves at a corner of a bar. Talk basically one of them says, "Hey, you know they swapped the Titanic for the Olympic, right?" And then out of nowhere, some like White Star Line representative just grabs the guy by his face and says, you "Better shut the fuck up." Essentially says, "You know you better yeah. keep keep quiet about this. There's not there's no swap, and if if you." If you say if you keep talking about this, you'll be found in the bottom of of the in, like the bottom of the ocean or something. He's, I think he says some lake, but I'm I'm not remembering like something terrible. Fast. And then he said, and like then some he said, ethnic slur about yeah. Then Irish he said, people. yeah. He said, so take think about that when you go home to your wife and your 17 kids, you Irish scum. I was like, God damn. 
So the guy came out of nowhere and just grabs this man's face and threatens him and then like walks back behind this pillar. It was it was so weird. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the blocking on that 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 shot could have been a little better, but yeah, he just like grabs his face. This is like threat, this is like racial oh, slur yeah. and then bounces all because he overheard him mention that it got swapped. I like I mean they, these reenactments were more to convey convey the tone of what the conspiracy is, I guess. Not, I don't think they're meant to be that literal. Because obviously there's no way to know that what the conversation took place. Anyway. Uh. So that's, that's a key part. But yes, yeah, so they had a small crew do the swap. Uh, then they got the, quote, Titanic down to Southampton. Boom. We're, we're off to sea. So let's fast forward to where the iceberg... The quote Titanic hits the iceberg, um, starts sinking. Um, there was a slow reaction because I think it in re- real life, they, or well, even in this conspiracy, they didn't realize the damage that the iceberg had caused. And once yes. once they did realize, they were like, okay, well, we'll just put the plan into place right now. The plan involved the use of signal rockets. Now, this is a key part, too. Okay, this is the part I definitely didn't get. Okay. so. Basically, the idea in the conspiracy is, okay, once we start sinking either by unleashing, like, through the seacock um, fiddling, or, okay, now this iceberg, um, which they ran into it also at close to full speed. Um, Now, they made a big thing in this, like, going through ice flows and and ice iceberg areas at full speed was common practice at the time probably wasn't a great idea but it was common practice because these boats are so big a lot of times you could just push the iceberg aside um and even if you crash directly into it it will you'd still be survivable you wouldn't necessarily sink and if you did it would be really slow this was sort of a perfect storm in that the iceberg sort of sideswiped it um and it seems possible that they didn't see it anyway this, the, the plan was for once it started sinking to send up uh, rockets, specifically colored rockets. Um, in the case of the quote Titanic, they were red, white, and blue. Uh, witnesses at the scene, the survivors said, all say, yes, it was red, white, and blue rockets that were sent up into the air. Um, this later became a, a key point during the inquiries um, in both the U.S. and Britain afterwards because the inquiries involved members of the Titanic crew and survivors, members of the Californian crew and uh, that captain, and also members of the uh, Carpathia crew, um, who eventually did rescue roughly 700 people from the Titanic, who quote Titanic. Um, The key part here is that it was late night. The captain of the Californian was asleep, but his crew did see some rockets go up. And this is this is documented as well. They they but they saw white rockets go up. Right. And in the documentary, they basically say that they woke up the captain. Captain asked them what color were the rockets, which was unusual. They said white rockets, and so the captain assumed that it wasn't the Titanic, the quote Titanic, but it was actually just uh, some other random boat. Possibly, I think they speculated in the documentary that it was. Um, a smaller boat that was doing illegal seal hunting um, in this area. 
and that the they were sending up rockets so that their like smaller craft uh, would be able to find uh, the main ship in the in the night uh, to get back after right. after clubbing a bunch of uh, baby seals to death over the head, bludgeoning mm-hmm. the, their brains in for those uh, seal pelts. Um, so yeah, that's the rumor. So that and this is something that came up a lot, even in the official inquiry. There was this concept that captain of the Californian did see rockets go up but a didn't think it was from the titanic and b thought it was just like something unusual that some other ship was doing none of our business basically and that's his official line the conspiracy is that he's looking for red white and blue signals so the idea is okay these white ones are going up that's a different ship uh i'm waiting for the red white and blue ones i never see them okay the plan must have gotten changed the official record though is that the Californian did see the Titanic signal flares. The Titanic only sent up white ones. Either they only sent up white ones or that the white ones were the only ones viewable, not the red and blue ones. And the Californian just ignored it, basically. They thought it was something else. The wireless wasn't working at the time um, because the wireless operator on the Californian was asleep. No one thought to wake him up. That That is official. Seems odd, but I mean, I think that that technology was relatively new back then. And the people in the Californian did try to signal like with manual flashlight Morse code to whatever the boat was. And they got no response. So they're like, okay, like the crew wasn't the crew of the Californian wasn't in on it, at least not all of them. So they were like, okay, we we followed standard practice. We signaled yeah. nothing. So they chilled. They chilled until like 5.30 in the morning, um, at which point the Titanic had obviously go down. The Titanic sank around like 2 a.m. basically um, on the night of the, on the morning of the 15th of April, 1912. Um, and at that, the Carpathia was able, was, was nearby and was able to get there in time to save some of the people who were in the lifeboats. Um, questions so far? Did you, did you say you? I th- okay, so I, I I have that plan. So now my other question was was later on, I guess, in the inquiry. Okay, where they seem to try to put everything onto that captain of the California. Yeah, for not for not acting. And I guess um, we can we can sort of jump ahead because the California did did eventually come to the Titanic's location, um, and all they found was bodies, um, and. Uh, and the Car- Carpathia had already started for um, for New York. Um, that was like, I guess the, they were closer to New York than England. So they went there. Then they took the people back to England. Uh, in New York, there, there was a quick inquiry um, um, that the Senate, I think the Senate requested or, or something like that. There was an official inquiry there. Uh, there was, they then went back to England for like the official, official inquiry. That was notable. I, I mean, in the in the documentary, they they <laughs> they basically say again, like there's this meeting between I think one of the White Star higher ups and I think the guy supposed to be the prime minister. And this part was a little confusing because they're talking about like if the White Star, like if news of of any conspiracy or any secrecy 
anything shady happens and the White Star Line goes out of business. There was all these financial implications and political implications based on like JP Morgan's position as owner of the White Star Line and like insurance policies that he took out and deals he made with the military of England. There's all kinds of that. Yeah, like, it was a was lot. That clear to you? No, that was not clear. I was confused. I didn't know who that guy was that was talking. Uh, <laughs> he didn't sound like he had an accent. I don't know where he was supposed to be from. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the prime minister looked like he was just wearing like a regular ass shirt. Like I was, uh, I was confused. I was like, "That's the prime minister." It was all. I mean, the I whole think, thing was strange. I think that's like limited production budget issues in terms of like why he was in like a sex pistols t-shirt and jeans <laughs> bottom <laughs> basically i think i think basically that scene was just about um the implications of this conspiracy getting out basically and and also we we forgot to mention that the scheme worked from the whites for the white star line i mean the loss, loss of life wasn't desired certainly and was regrettable but they had apparently increased their insurance on the quote titanic a week before it sailed and five days after it sank they were able to collect um yeah i think it was 12 million pounds yeah um, and it certainly would have been a lot is, look, let me tell you it's an incredibly quick turnaround to collect on an insurance policy <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> Five days Five, and you get $12 million and like back then money, $12 million, There's like, okay. Yeah. I I mean, <coughs> excuse me. The only speculation I have is that it was such a huge, I mean, it's a huge news story. Yeah. It was huge in the 90s, like still. Like they, um, I mean, sort of like the film, like the film, there was still huge interest in it, I'll say. I think that's demonstrated by the success of the film. But yeah, so maybe it was just like, we didn't want, Lloyds of London is like, we just want to put this to bed. Let's get this off the books. Let's move along. I could see that. The five days is is really quick. Um, And I mean, it it did save the White Star Line. So the the end, I mean, put the inquiry, well, let's, let's get back to the inquiry first, because it was run by this guy, Lord Mercy, or Mersey, I think it's M-E-R-S-E-Y. Um, and a, the documentary makes it seem like he was basically a pliable uh, company man uh, on the part of, like, it makes the implication first that the the British court system didn't really want to dig too deep into this because the the board of marine maritime trade would have been implicated because they didn't inspect uh the quote titanic that closely that's actually another part oh yeah that was the other part right they did that um i don't even know what it was but it was just like the live test yeah they had to do a test of the quote titanic and where for the original olympic like before it went out to sea, a couple years before the quote Titanic went went out to sea, the test that the board of maritime trade or whatever the official governmental board has to do a test of seaworthiness that took two days, two full days, uh, before it was cleared. In the case of the quote Titanic, it only took a few hours. Yeah, it didn't even and go full speed. Exactly, and so you know there would have been implications there. Like, why did the quote Titanic pat? pass this test and so there were potential implications for the government 
obviously strong financial interest for the White Star Line. And uh, I mean, the White Star Line was just one of J.P. Morgan's many businesses like it, you know, it going out of business wouldn't have necessarily affected him that much. Um, but, you know, apparently bad, like they reference like the, the, you know, the World War II or sorry, World War One started only a couple years after the sinking and like growing unease in Europe and um, also the situation in Northern Ireland, which or Ireland in general, which I believe was still a colony of England's, like they didn't have full independence at the time. So yeah. there was unrest there. So it's basically like we can't have a big, crazy, like, con- you know, huge disaster, like public relations disaster. So they hired this guy, Lord Mersey, who was sort of a company man and is just sort of like someone who they just knew would go in and just tow the official story, say no one is at fault. Let's all move along. And yeah, they they did. And I think they even said that they brought this guy out of retirement. <laughs> like he's did, like, I, yeah. Yeah, I know the perfect guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and there's one point where like the, these, these hearings, the inquiry was open to the public, but apparently they picked a place that had bad acoustics, um, in the documentary. I think this is as a quote, uh, of Lord Mersey who, you know, there was testimony about the weird things that were going on from people on the Californian and the Titanic and the Carpathian. And at one point in the documentary, the character playing or the actor portraying him said, uh, you did not. You do not give me the answers that please me. Yeah, they said that. I think that was in. Uh, yeah, in the official. He testimony. actually said that. Yeah, like in the official transcripts and everything. So, it was. Yeah, it was. It was nothing. They was just. You know, it was just a public show that they're trying to. Oh yeah, we're doing something. Yeah, we got this. We'll figure it out. Oh, actually, it's just an iceberg tragedy. Let's move along. You know what? I. You know what? This part it may even be. I don't remember the name of whatever that board is but it may because like they were saying it was them they're the ones that only did the one day test they're the right. ones that made the rules about the lifeboats why there were so few lifeboats those were that was following the regulations those were their yeah, rules so to clarify <laughs> the, the the number of lifeboats that were on the quote titanic was the regulation the it was the minimum regulation amount and actually, Bruce Ismay, who we haven't talked about much, but he's a key figure. Um, he, Bruce Ismay was a high-level executive at the White Star Line who was on the first maiden voyage. But he had a lot of say in the, the, the day, day-to-day stuff on the Titanic. And yes, he reduced the number of lifeboats on the, ti- the quote, Titanic from 48 to, I believe, 18, which was the bare minimum. Because again, if he was in on it, and this documentary says that he was um you know you don't need all these lifeboats because the rescue ship will have enough lifeboats to get everybody and you can make multiple trips back and forth from the titanic through to the rescue boat so it shouldn't be an issue and you know it's about saving money he was known to it's i believe it's mentioned that he advocated to push the titanic to go as fast as it could um which I guess was to, to get to New York earlier to make some additional headlines press. Um, that's not a, as a big a part of this conspiracy, like it, the, the speed of the, of the quote Titanic. Um, but yeah, he, he was a survivor and, you know, he was ridiculed throughout the rest of his life. He's actually a very wealthy man. Um, and, but he retired and he just basically was so, so shell shocked from, the Titanic uh, incident that he just sort of lived in a cottage 
with his wife and some kids and, and basically kind of withered away over the years. Uh-uh. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's, I think, did, it, did we miss anything key? Uh, none of the key details, but I mean, I guess in like keeping in line with why people believe it, maybe. Um, well, like the JP, all those famous cancellations last minute. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So although there was a few, you know, family members of wealthy American families, there were apparently 50 notable cancellations at the last minute, um, including JP Morgan, who was supposed to be on the maiden voyage. Um, he canceled the last minute citing ill health, but, um, a couple of days later, was seen in in France with his mistress, which they yeah. highlight. Highlight. <laughs> they um, made sure to say that. <laughs> they made, a, made sure to say he was with his mistress and he appeared to be in good spirits. Well, yeah. Whatever the implications are for that. Um, uh, so, uh, they, fucking, he removed. He removed okay. his valuable bronze statues. He had them taken mm-hmm. off of the boat. That's right. Um, Ismay, someone related to Ismay didn't go too. The wife, Ismay's wife, yeah, she took a different trip. Um, what else is causing people to believe? I think that oh, since they they increased the insurance policy just before the trip, did we say that? Right. Yep. If we, you did say that one. Okay. Yes. Um. Oh, this is one thing after the. The ship ship came back with everybody to England. Apparently, all the crew members were taken to a room um, immediately uh, after yes. getting off. I, I believe this would have been the Carpathia when they came back. The crew members, just the crew members, were escorted to some room. And this is testimony from these crew members later on. And were forced to sign something that they were, a piece of paper that they were led to believe was related to the Official Secrets Act. And we're told that if they divulged anything about what happened in the sinking, any of the details, that they would be subject to 20 years of prison. It's unclear whether that was actually an official government agent who did that or just someone trying to intimidate them into shutting up. But there were multiple reports that that did happen. Right. That was it's unclear, unclear why, though. But the implication being that it was someone from White Star who was telling them to shut the fuck basically shut the fuck up yeah and go home to your 17 kids (laughs) that was (laughs) he grabbed his face it was it was jarring because he literally came out of nowhere grabbed that guy's face rattled off these (laughs) threats and insults and then just disappeared from the screen again (laughs) oh man this reen- I mean, listeners, th- this would be this documentary is worth watching almost just for these reenactments because they're so they're kind of they're they're interesting because the subject matter is really interesting, but they're kind of janky in a weird way. It's like this this documentary was produced by some English production company, probably I guess in 2012, um, but it still looks like the equipment and sets they're using were like old and like second or third hand I don't, I don't know yeah it does not look like 2012 it literally looks like something we would have like it looked like the early elementary 90s. school or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> it, like the camera and audio equipment like the audio was was sync it was slightly off the sync 
Yes. Oh man, that was messing me up. And then I had just had to not look at him when he was on the screen. <laughs> it was the audio just for the the host too. When it would cut to clips of him walking around some library. <laughs> oh, it was pretty yeah. good. It was informative though. It was definitely informative. It was good, and it, it did seem pretty well sourced. Um, and actually, the final bit of of evidence that it 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 cites is that when the wreck so the wreck of the titanic was found in 1985 and there's a lot of examination of the video footage and apparently there's one segment because again the letters titanic were bolted onto like riveted onto the side of it and apparently the the submersible that took video footage uh of the titanic and there's been several obviously um, but one, some of the footage came back and like where the letters of the Titanic were supposed to be, you can see the outline of the letters M and P, mm-hmm. which obviously mm-hmm. wouldn't appear in, you know, the word Titanic. That would footage appear. was pretty convincing to me. I mean, that feels like a trump card, you know? Yeah, that was good. Then when he Why was talking about the they... paint. I didn't really get the paint. I mean, I understood the paint, it, but like, it was guess, like the paint that was exposed, like the undercoating was gray. Uh, it yeah. was known to be gray on the real Olympic. And I guess it was a different color on the real Titanic. Um, yeah. And we should say like the Titanic, the the real Titanic was dressed, which was then dressed, put in the Olympics place or changed to be the quote Olympic was finally finished. And it did enter into service uh, through the White Star Line, and served like was active for the next twenty three years before it was decommissioned. So they were still they were able to collect the insurance money on the quote Titanic, and ostensibly repaired the whole the Olympic, even though everyone knew it had this catastrophic injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just the quote Olympic entered service. Yeah, t- active for twenty three years. That's impressive. So. I don't know. Let's let's make our final determinations. We can wrap up. Um, so you still, you say was that was the MP on the whole? Was that the Trump card or was that everything? Because I think it seems the like whole, you believe the whole did it for me. It's it's very convincing, very. And then I think even I think talking to um, some captains and and other people you know familiar with ocean ocean travel, they said that you know that iceberg was easily avoidable they were talking about they would have seen it like five six miles out they would have seen that iceberg right. and like there's no way they hit this iceberg on on an accident yeah yeah i mean the implication there is that yeah we we hit the iceberg i believe in and and it's in roughly the same place that the hawk hit the olympics so that i mean i guess it wouldn't really matter but it, it might be the implication there is that if they do ever find it, we don't want it to be clear that this is the ship that the Hawk hit because it would have been repaired there and the repairs would have been obvious as opposed to like, you know, if it's a brand new ship, there wouldn't be repairs there. Exactly. The, I think that was part of the so evidence. It, it rammed, so it rammed this iceberg at the same area so that it could say, oh, the damage is from the iceberg, not, not the... Uh, the Hawk, this is the real Titanic. I, I don't know. That part's a little unclear to me. 
That made sense. But th- they did say something like from the video footage of the wreck, you can see inside the hall and it was like reinforced how would have how the original right. Olympic would have been, not the quote unquote Titanic. Right. Right, because the quote Titanic was, or no, the real Titanic was would have been brand new, and so you would have right. expected to see just brand new footage fittings, not what looks to be repair work. So you're saying yes, conspiracy is true. Or, I'm saying yes. So the, so the whole, on it. Um, I'm gonna say yes. Like the whole time, like you know, for me in conspiracies, I always like I love a good conspiracy, but I always have to see like what is anybody getting out of it, right? Right. And I guess, you know, I guess whoever's point of view you're looking at, but they they managed to stay in business. The English government managed to stay operational and legitimacy. I don't know what they were getting out of it, but, um, right. you know, the, the liner itself, the liner company, they, they were close to, I guess that would have been like putting them in financial ruin. They would have had no boats on the sea almost. None of these monster right. size ones. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the financial fallout from the damage to the Olympic would have, uh, the implication is that it would have taken down the whole company. Yeah. Even if they were able to get the, the real Titanic up and running, they couldn't take that hit, which is why the insurance scam needed to work and it did work. So yeah, to your point about motivation, well, money and it did work. Right. If it was a conspiracy. I mean, I would say I'm at like something about the like this documentary it seemed well re- well researched and I think it was, but there's a good amount of speculation that went into it as mm-hmm. well and the dra- dramatizations didn't help. So <laughs> I I, <laughs> I I wouldn't rule out the conspiracy entirely, but I definitely wouldn't say that I believe it entirely. It may be 50 50 for me actually which i know is annoying that i'm not coming down on a side but if i had to choose if i absolutely had to choose a side i would probably choose the official story and the rockets set part of it is definitely weird and on kind of unexplained and so that that's what i would cite it like the rockets would be the big the rocket situation with the Californian would be the biggest evidence I would say that it could be there is something wonky about it because mm. the the, act, the actions of Lord um or Stanley was it Stanley Lord yeah, or Lord Stanley, Stanley Lord I'm, yeah um do seem really suspicious um and just like yeah his inaction was weird they saw the rockets they just assumed it was something else and they didn't invest I mean I, I don't know. It, I would have to. I would have to actually come down on the side of the official story if I was forced to pick one or the other. Um. Yeah, I mean, I probably would. Like, it didn't. But this is very believable, you know. This is much more. Yeah, and it's you I know, would... and it's exciting. You like to hear things like that, not just like some regular. Oh yeah, they hit an iceberg. Crash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, obviously, it's it's clearly a tragedy. We're well aware of that. You know, fifteen. 15- hundred people lost their lives that's incredible um but it is it's plausible that's the thing all of it it's it's just monstrous enough but still believably monstrous especially in a time of like well jp the jp morgans of the world who were like 
all about profit over any amount of human misery or human or death. Like J.B. Morgan is a perfect example of the kind of guy who would be cool with a plan like this. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, and, you know, again, if the conspiracy is true, like they didn't think anyone was going to die. They didn't plan for that. That part went totally wrong, possibly because of this miscommunication with the Californian or just like it was a lot more aggressive damage than they thought. And I don't know. I mean, the, the other side of it is that it's just typical, like people freezing up or like chain of command not being effective if the head of it just kind of tenses up and is just like, or has a blase attitude or just, you know, isn't used to it. Something this unusual happening. Like I, I could totally see that just in general business, you know, it's, the implications yeah. are a lot more disastrous <laughs> I mean, in this case, but that sort of freeze up and just like dithering that happens all the time in business. True. And that's like, I mean, who knows on those, on those types of ships. I mean, I'm sure that was stressful. It was freezing out there late at night. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows the experience level of the people involved. Like some of the watchmen could have been like young. They probably were young. Like the young people probably had that yeah. job. Like, realistically probably like 17 years old out there like watching <laughs> yeah inexperienced uh, yeah totally so who knows maybe then yeah maybe they just dozed off for like five minutes and that's all it takes yeah and also just ego and like i guess the movie says that like no one could really grasp that this was actually happening and they only had about two hours to act you know under the best of or, i mean really to really save people they had like less than two hours to really get a, an action plan in place and they didn't have it. They didn't have enough lifeboats. I mean, if they had had enough lifeboats, maybe they, you know, could have, um, could have saved a lot more. They, I mean, they were locking people down in the second and third classes. Terrible. Like, um, I think that part's true. Um, and that's in the movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't need to be a conspiracy for it to be a disaster. Obviously, this sort of event, like big events like this, do draw conspiracy theories, and you know that's just natural. People like to un- people want to understand something in a way that makes sense to them, especially when it's big and tragic. But you know, there's been enough time, at least with with this one, that it, and it's been so well researched, and you know, the evidence presented in the source sources we read it you know as a documentary is this one wikipedia page but other stuff here and there like reading about the backstories on these people like involved it's yeah plausible, I mean, it's, you know? for me like like you were talking about jp morgan and i i think the real one the real part of the selling factor that makes me believe it is just the like you said, the people involved, the era it took place in, like this captain could have been easily manipulated in doing that. Like the dramatization in in the in the video was pretty good about how like yeah. you're gonna um, mm. it, that's <laughs> the thing. The the dramatizations, even though they were janky, they did seem interesting and, and also plausible in just the content of what they're presenting. Yeah. Like the, the way they went about it was a little uh, off, but like they were accusing the, the content seemed totally it, plausible. It was. They're like, hmm, yeah. A lot of you've been having a lot of trouble as a captain. I see. I see here. I know about that. I know about that fire. I didn't. I know you've been denying that fire, yep. but I know about the truth. And they were like, like it, it was so good, <laughs> just like manipulating yeah. people. And then you know, like the people that were in power, they they gonna have their story be the be the official story. Exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, then they want to just whitewash it, move aside. And yeah, there was no, and there was no way for regular people to really push back against the official story. They didn't have they had way less power than even the, than the middle class has today, which is also very limited. Um, working in middle class today, like the working in middle class back then. Well, first of all, there was no middle class no. really, but yeah. Um, yeah. So like, what are you going to do about it if you don't like this result? Yeah. Shut up and again, you know, 17 kids, et cetera. <laughs> Shut up. Go, uh, go shovel some more coal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, 1912. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So I don't um, know. So you're saying your official party line, I'm saying I'm if in. If I have to pick one, I'm going with the official story. Yep. Okay. Warts and all. And yeah. yeah and like, I, you know. But it's weird. Like, it's hard for me to even put a percentage on it. Like, it's – I'm trying to think about how I would describe – because I kind of believe it, too, at the same time. Yeah, it's – I mean, this is quite possibly the most believable conspiracy theory that I've ever read. Yeah. I mean, this one's got good yeah. good facts, good plausibility. Like, too many things <laughs> matching up for me. I'm like, huh, mm-hmm. huh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of that. A lot mm. of that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good. I I would recommend watch, watching a couple of those other documentaries in that playlist. Like, there's, I mean, that's a lot. They cover a lot of the same ground, but they all basically say the same thing. So, okay, I'm gonna check them out. I started watching we'll, some we'll put the link, stuff. We'll put the link to it to the playlist in uh, in the show notes. So you can you can check it out if you want. Um, but we should wrap up. Any closing thoughts? Um, bah, 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 bah. I don't know. Eat something green. Go Buckeyes. Green. I think yep. that's it. Go right. Buckeyes beat Michigan. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Drink some water. Drink a lot of water. Thanksgiving. It's, it's going to be a lot of salty stuff here that you're going to be eating then. Oh, so. yeah, that's true. Man, you got to protect your body. Gravy. I'm having... Uh, I'm gonna have a plain glass of gravy just to get started with Thanksgiving. It's gonna be so debaucherous. <laughs> that so thick brown gravy too. <laughs> <That's> disgusting. <laughs> this is this podcast episode eighty six. We have. <laughs>